Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with the Professor. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk to Sean Salisbury to kind of wrap up the football season, kind of go all through the league and see the thoughts and the thoughts for next year. But we're having so many issues right now with quarterbacks. We've got to start off with this. I mean, you know, Sean's down there in Houston and uh, is, is dealing with the demands of Deshaun Watson, even though the team says they're not going to trade him and the fact that the organization's poorly run and uh, he's got a no trade clause. Then we have Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> upset about not going out and getting any players for him at the wide receiver position, tight end, and up, not upgrading the offense and uh, costing him a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And now we throw in Russell Wilson, who's now fuming that uh, the he thought the offensive line didn't do a good enough job through the offensive line under the bus, who wants a voice in personnel decisions, coaching hires, all those different things. Sean, what is going on with the quarterback position? I've never seen it like this. Yeah, John, I'm all for it's crazy. And if it, and can you imagine honestly if 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 these guys did, if the organizations decided to take a hard stand, I mean, a really hard one, say then let's move them and then Wilson and Rogers and Watson and Wentz and we've already seen Golf and Stafford. I mean, it would be unprecedented. And it would, I mean, hell, we even got Orlando Brown now in Baltimore who's saying I'm gonna play left tackle. I want to be traded. And even though Ronnie Stanley plays that position, I mean. I don't know if the frenzy is going to start, but I understand why these these stars would like a little bit of a say. But, John, there's a fine line, and they're a little bit different. The Wilson thing's different than the Watson. Watson's doesn't come down to he went and asked for say. They came to him, as you know, and, and said they were going to at least give him some input. When they didn't, they broke the trust, you know, that trust factor. And everything they've done one after the other is it's almost as if they're doing on purpose, you know, Jamie Roots now is gone. And when it comes to the equipment people, it's almost like they're thumbing their nose at Watson, daring him to be irritated. It's really weird. It's such it's almost cultish the way that Jack Easterby and Cal McNair are running this organization. It's, it's odd, and I haven't seen anything like it. People that are close to it or people that are removed. Um, listen, if I was Deshaun Watson, John, and I'm normally pretty old school about I like input, but about, you know, you're under a contract. But times have changed. Eras have changed. If you make a promise to me, live up to it if you're the organization. Judging from what Deshaun Watson looks at and sees, uh, and we're not even talking about the 4-12 and 12 personnel they're going to have to change. This is just trust and structure and leadership. John, I don't blame him for wanting out. I, I, I don't because this is, this is a, one of those, say, it's like a marriage. I mean, it, it is because it's their, their home away from home. These athletes have to go to work every day. And sometimes in marriages six months ago, it could have been happy six months later, Somebody does something to break the trust, and you can't fix it. I hope they can fix it. I hope the coach can fix it or the GM. But if they can't, then you're going to have to get a haul for them. But I understand trust is easy to lose and hard to get back. And that's the case here with Russ and Aaron. Aaron's got a gripe because they never seem to do it. It's like they rely on him to bail them out all the time. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to end up getting a new contract. I think Russ is a curious one. Here's a great player who's always been a team guy. And then when you start when you start to separate yourself from your teammates by bus tossing them publicly, it becomes a problem. John, you know how I feel about Russ. I picked him to be the MVP before the season started. I think he's a great player, but you get into a slippery slope, and, and it's one thing to get input. No offense to Russ Wilson or anybody else, you don't get to be the GM and, and, and decide who the coaches are that get hired. A little input. Hell, if I'm going to hire a quarterback coach or coordinator, I'd like to see if Russ and him mix. 
but you don't get to tell me what nose tackle or what corner to draft and how much we need to pay a guy. And, and listen, you're not the GM. Well, that's If you want to be, when you retire, put a coat and tie on and you go be the GM. Input he should have because he's the best player in the organization. He's been there a while. But I think you've got to be careful because when you're the highest paid guy and you're also the star, teammates are looking to you for leadership, not to say they didn't play well. We can see that on tape who played well. And then I watched a tape where Russ also caused some of those sacks himself. I'm a huge fan and I'm a, as, a, as a person and a player of Russ Wilson. But we've got to be careful, John, to realize that these general managers are in place for a reason. Input's one thing full say and want to run the organization that's another whole thing save up your money and buy a team if that's what you want to do when you're done yeah but that's the that's the tough part uh what i look at from the way russ came off and in his interviews this week you know like for example yep. you know he, uh, by throwing the offensive line under under the bus i mean the offensive line was better than it's been in the last couple of years is it great no but it was better and so for for example uh, uh espn has this blocking rate uh percentage on passes and you know seattle was ninth at about 66 percent pass rate success okay now right. you, you look at the fact that uh, next gen stats has russell wilson because again he holds on to the ball now a little bit too long i mean uh, in the regular season according to next gens he holds it 2.97 seconds which is the fifth most in the league and in a playoff game against the rams it was 3.3 and to your point what ended up uh, happening on the sacks pro football focus said that 14 of his 47 sacks were all, more on him yeah, and John, that, it is. John, every week in the NFL I see, you know, fans, when they see it with the naked eye, you and I watch it different. Pro football focus watches it different. Fans see it with the naked eye. Oh, a guy came in. It's got to be an offensive lineman's fault. But every week, and I see it here, Watson's gotten better at it in Houston. But where you'll miss a four-week when you only got three to block him, and then the hero syndrome kicks in because you're such a good player like Russ is. You think, well, I'll make that guy miss. I missed that, but I'll, I'll hold the ball along. And then when you – get sacked, everybody's thinking it's the line spot when it's you or the hot reader, the side adjustment, you didn't throw. So that happens, and these guys see the tape, and they know protections, and it's, fa- it, it's, it's a fact. And I'm, John, I always guard against, like I said, I'm on the player side most of the time and about having input and understanding because this, the game has changed. 30 years ago, a coach wouldn't have been able, I bet a player would have never even been able to say a word about, hey, what about this wide receiver? unless it was pre-draft like Elway or Eli Manning when all that happened. But once you're on, you, you played football and didn't. So I, I like input and guys trying to have a say in building it. But there is, you know, that's why the experts are general managers, the front office. And maybe a quarterback does know that he'd like a slot receiver, like what Brady's doing in Tampa. I'd like to have Gronk. I'd like to have A.B. I'm okay with that. But I don't ever subscribe to bus-tossing players. Um, everybody, we, we, we see the film. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to subscribe as the best player and the leader of your team to bus toss and linemen who get little publicity, a lot of blame, make less money, and, and, you, and they're there to make sure you survive. So as much as I love Russ, I think, you, I think it's out of place. And if you want to air that laundry, go in the film room and watch the film with them and talk it through. I don't believe in throwing people under the bus in an interview, local or national, when they're your teammates and you've got to go – work with them again now you know what because while they didn't go where they wanted to part of that's on russ not just the offensive line and we know that yeah and that's the crazy part about all this is now every national pundit is now uh you know because sure when you're talking about russ wilson now this strained relationship if you want to call it that 
It's now it's like, oh, yeah, is he going to be traded? And ultimately, it's like an exercise in futility because he's not going to be traded. I mean, you know, Pete Carroll just signed a five-year extension. Uh, John Snyder signed a six-year extension. If you trade Russell Wilson, you're a seven-win team. You're not going right. to win. Oh, that, that, that's exactly that. And that's the other side of it, John, why, why these guys are fortunate to have some input if they're given if, – if, if it's given to them, you take – Rodgers out of Green Bay, they don't sniff the NFC Championship game. You take Russell Wilson out of Seattle, and they're battling for a, a, a top 15 pick in the first round. If you take Deshaun Watson, even at 4-12, and 12, one of the best assets in the league for a young guy at 25 years old, you take him out over the next decade, you're talking to a – this 4-12 and 12 team would have been battling Jacksonville for the first pick of the draft this year. So these guys are important. But let's, I also never like to lose sight of the fact about the fullback who, who does dirty work for you, the, the guard who's sitting there fighting and scratching. I just, like I said, we see the film. We know most of the time people around the league who makes mistakes. I think it's our job when, when you're a quarterback or when you're a leader of a team to spend more time uplifting and take care of the, the, the negative stuff in private. But I do believe if you're going to give your quarterbacks or your people, your leaders a say, like in Houston, you better live up to it or you break the trust, and getting the trust back is hard to do. I fully expect two of the three to be back in their cities, Russ and, and, and Aaron. I don't, I don't know, John, if that's going to happen with, uh, with uh, our guy Deshaun Watson here. It may be too broke to fix. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, but again, it's like uh, my big thing with Houston is like, okay, if they do make a trade, uh, do you really trust them to be able to make a good trade? I wouldn't have the trust no, factor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either, John. I because I, I almost think that they're so oblivious to what's going on. Jack Easterby's not, 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 not a football guy. Uh, it's obvious Nick Casario is, is not making all the decisions, and Cal McNair is not a football guy either. That's not a good combination. And see, I would think that they'd probably get about sixty cents on the dollar because they would be desperate and say, "We're just going to do it." Oh, we got a, a first rounder and a player or a second rounder. You, you, you can't do that, and you may end up having to play hardball. But I don't trust it either. The problem, and that's a big reason why guys like Deshaun Watson want out. And I don't know how you're going to get people to come here. If, if Deshaun Watson leaves, how are you going to convince a free agent this is the place to be? Unless you overpay them. It's not going to happen. Well, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, the timing of some of this stuff, maybe not necessarily Watson because he wants to get out of a bad organization, but, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, which, of course, he's right in complaining they didn't do anything and they get him a quarterback in the, in the room in Jordan Love and Russell Wilson. It's like, uh, you know, how are you going to be able to get many players next year? Because the cap may be down to $180 million. Uh, you know, I, I, I did this big little research thing because I go back in my database and, you know, if the cap's going to be 180, that's 2018 salary cap, 218. Okay. That year, uh, and there was 10, 155 players making uh, 10 plus million dollars. Last year, the season ended. There was 209, and once AJ Boyer was cut by Denver, that took the current total down to 185. So it's like you're not you're not going to be. And players have to recognize they're not going to get big money this year. So all you're basically yep. doing is getting one year deals at less than 10 million bucks for the most part. No question about it, John. We've seen that go with baseball too, right, John? Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, although the, some, you know, the bigger, the big, big stars usually get theirs, but maybe not even as much as they'd get in a normal year that wasn't COVID related or affected it. But now with this, you're exactly right. It, 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 
people are going to have to take a little less. So I don't, I don't know what these franchises are going to do, but then you got to take in what you know about the Carson Wentz, the cap hits that you're going to take and all this. It's going to be in, uh, the next, what, month and a half or two months is going to be pretty frenzied. But I wouldn't imagine other than Wentz and a coming, you know, that we've seen. I just still can't fathom, especially in your town and in Green Bay, because I think that that can be fixed a little because of what they mean. Deshaun Watson means the same here. I haven't been in the league as long. But his may be fractured beyond fixable. We'll see if the Texans can gain trust back with the new head coach and the GM with Deshaun. Yeah, you can kind of see what Aaron Rodgers is doing because I know that uh, one of his ex-teammates, T.J. Lang, kind of tipped it off. He says, uh, Aaron Rodgers wants revenge. And how? what's revenge mean? It's like, okay, you bring in Jordan Love for the first-round pick that you traded up for, and uh, <clears throat> that means my, my career in Green Bay is going to be shortened. So give me an extension and give me more security right. and then get rid of Jordan Love. So I can see that being one of the revenge things that he's trying to do. Not that he doesn't like Jordan Love. He doesn't like the idea. Right. It's like, you come in here when I want to play my entire career in Green Bay, and I can play probably three or four more years, and you come back and you draft a quarterback? Yeah. John, considering he had as good a year as he, he's had, and, I mean, this is a phenomenal year. He's a clear-cut MVP, obviously, mm-hmm. and was, and, and he should have been. And uh, I don't blame him for being like, man, again? Now you draft a quarterback? You didn't give me a year after year? I get it. And I think they'd be wise to give him a long-term deal. John, I'll be honest with you. If I, if I was the Green Bay Packers, the way Aaron's playing, Jordan Love's not going to see the field. I said it when he was drafted. I said, so, what, what? You're, he's going to be the backup? For, see, he's going to be waiting for a second contract, having played, what, 15 snaps in his career? If I was them, I with this crazy quarterback thing, by the time Jordan Love hits the field, Aaron Rod, there'll be another quarterback. I'm not saying he can't be good, but you know what I'd do? I'd try to find somebody that fell in love with him last year, and I'd see if I couldn't ship him for a – if you could get a first-round pick or whatever, or somebody who was desperate, Washington, or somebody that saw something they loved because he's got some skills, but he's not playing it. It's not like he's going to a team that's kind of like in Philly where Carson was kind of up and down and injured. This is Aaron Rodgers. He's durable, and he's the best quarterback in the league this year. If I was them, I wouldn't think about moving Aaron Rodgers. I'd be making calls about Jordan Love and see if somebody wanted him. Because by the time Aaron Rodgers, he's not even the second-string quarterback on the team when it comes to who'd go in in a game. And so if it was me, go find you. You can draft another guy two years from now if that's what you need to do. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers. I do believe he'll get a contract, and I think they'd be idiotic to even consider it. And Aaron's a scorekeeper, and I mean this is a compliment to him. He's one of the, oh, you did this last time, he'd go get you. And this is a scorekeeper move by him saying, you know what, you want to do that, then reward me because I rewarded you with my play on the field. Mm -hmm. I've been a very, very good teammate for all these years. Yeah. Now back to Russell Wilson for a second. Uh, You know, he did have some input on the offensive coordinator hire because they got Shane Waldron. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the the criticism nationwide and locally was that, oh, yeah, Pete Carroll wants to go back to the old running football formula. But again, you can see with a 60-40 pass ratio for this team, it uh, passed the run. I mean, it, it caused problems because teams went cover two, just like they did against Kansas City. And then, you know, it bottled up what Russell Wilson's able to do. And then, of course, you know, he held on to the ball too long. And so that be- created a problem. But, you know, in this case, they bring in the Kyle Shanahan running offense and uh, it's it's upgraded. I mean, it's amazing to think that this is a 30-year-old offense that uh, has still stayed way ahead of the game. And you you got uh, you know uh, Sean McVay captured it 
in uh, with the Rams. I mean, then you see Matt LaFleur took it over to Tennessee, then got a head coaching job in Green Bay. Arthur Smith was able to, uh, you know, t- take over in Tennessee as a coordinator. That worked out well. Now he's head coach in Atlanta. You know, Zach Taylor's struggling because it's, the team's bad in Cincinnati. But you have all these teams now adapting this running formula because it's simple. I mean, it's complex for defenses because with the motion and RPOs and everything else, you can't guess sometimes what the play is going to be. It's offense's best friend. We'll just look at the Super Bowl. As much as we know that their screen game and Pat Mahomes and the rest of that, they can overcome it most of the time. 17 rushes against 33 rushes. There are 29 passes, 33 rushes. We're in a league, yes, you've got to have that guy under center. But there's nothing wrong with having that guy and getting the same production on 28 to 30 throws as you got to get on 45 throws. I don't know why we're so against. I'm with you, Dan, and I'm with. Well, it's not like you're going to run it 58 times and Russ is going to throw it 12. You, you play to your strengths. But, but some balance. And listen, every quarterback's best friend and offense's best friend and defense's best friend on your own team is when you can do with the Leonard Fournette, what they did late, and you just keep pounding it. You get a big pound in it. And then you mix in a little play action and make a big play. The, 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 the Tennessee Titans have made a living, as you set off that. And I'm sure Arthur Smith's going to try to get the same thing with a back and a quarterback, whether it's in the draft to get to give Matt Ryan or the next guy, whether it's Zach Wilson or somebody else, that ability. So I, I don't know why people are so what, – what I mean, it's, we're not, we can't play Big 12 football all the time. At some point in time, you've got to be physical, line up, and go. And you see what happens. The more you throw, the more chance at in interceptions and the more chance at sacks. I love the throw. You can't live in the 40 to 50 range and be a team that wins Super Bowls. You can do that sometimes during the regular season, but when the weather changes and defenses have seen you two or three times, you've got to be able to change it up. Look at the, doing, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl champs, and look what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Pressured the entire game. Again, they attempted 17 runs. And when you're playing against Tom Brady, that ain't going to be enough because he'll capitalize, and he did. Yeah, 40, 49 uh, pass attempts and 29 pressures. Three sacks yep. and two interceptions. Too much. Too much. Yeah, that's right. And even for the great, even for the great Patrick Mahomes, that's exactly right. Yeah, so that that one's a little bit crazy. And of course, uh, to wrap it all up here, it's like how amazed are you at Tom Brady? Now ten Super Bowls, seven Super Bowl victories. John, I I, I marvel. Talk about scorekeepers that we've heard for six, seven years. Oh, this has got to be Tom's. He's, he's starting to fall off. There's not one ounce of his fastball that's falling off. Not only does he take care of his body, but in another week or two or a month, he's going to go back to work on his mechanics. His mechanics, are they, they don't break down under pressure. It just took a while for 7-5 and five team to adjust. And once Bruce also started to adjust Arians to playing a little bit of horizontal football, getting the ball out quickly, Tom getting in rhythm, when to take your shots down the field, I, I'm I, – I'm fascinated by him, and every year it gets – and I'm not sure he's done, John. I'm not sure he's done winning Super Bowls because their team's going to be better. O.J. Howard's going to be back. Another year with Bruce Arians. And then their coordinators are both coming back in Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. They're healthy. They're studly. Their, their defense is just starting to find themselves, and they're playing with confidence. And, Brady, it's not like at the end where you're like, come on, Tom, don't play two extra years. This cat threw for 4,400 yards, 30-plus touchdowns, and the interceptions will probably go down, even though Bruce's is a high-octane, high-risk. But he has also adjusted to letting Tom make it a little more rewarding and less risk, especially as the season went on at the end. I'm, I'm telling you, I, 
he's not only the, the, the it starts and ends with Tom Brady. And we're talking about the, the best quarterback that ever lived. I'm telling you, John, I, I'll make the argument. And I could make a loud one uh, that he's the best football player that's ever lived. I'm just telling you, not the best athlete, but the best football player because he's got the ball in his hand every snap. It's fascinating what he's doing, and I'm telling you, he's not done because you know him. He finds something every year to make him to motivate him to get to the next level. And it will not shock me if before he's done, he gets an eighth one as well. I would put them as one of the top two or three teams, four teams in the entire league next year, and near the top of the list in the NFC. Fascinating what he's done. And you can see what he does to change a culture for a football team on the field and a winning attitude in the locker room. The guy is absolutely nothing short of phenomenal. There is no debate who the best ever is at that position. It's just, it's over. That debate's done. Yeah, Sean Salisbury, thank you for joining us on Schooled with the Professor. You're the best, Johnny. Thank you, brother. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.